Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Bros. Uh, it is Tuesday, Tuesday, November 19th. I'm Mark, Mark Hogan, joined along here with my co-host, Derek Randall. Derek, you there? Hey, nice to hear from you again, Mark. Awesome. So uh, it's been uh, it's been a while. I th- we, we, we skipped last week, uh, and uh, plenty has happened in the John League over these past two weeks. So got a lot to go into and unfold here in a short period of time. Uh, we'll try and recap and cover everything that has happened in the last two weeks. I would say this, Derek, and if you're okay with it, maybe we'll just go into – what happened this previous week and i'm sure as we progress and talk about the matchups and where everyone's teams are at we'll probably allude to a few different matchups as well from the week prior does that sound good that sounds good to me cool so we'll go ahead and do that and then uh, maybe at the end we'll, we'll take a look at the playoff picture here as well now that we are in the last two weeks of the regular season which i can't even believe what i'm saying so it, this season has flown by. It's crazy. I don't remember the last time a fantasy season has gone so fast. Yeah, so um, this has certainly been a quick one, but um, it's been a lot of fun. There's There's been a lot that's, uh, I would say, happened uh, uh, throughout the season. So how about we, we'll dive right in here. We'll talk about, um, we'll go into uh, to some of these uh, recaps of matchups. Um, so, and my internet just, crapped out on my computer here <laughs> all right well i'm gonna open up then with talking about kuhar and carl's matchup how about that great so kuhar really in a must-win situation against carl um just his team totally shits the bed uh he only puts up 84 points and i mean this is like He's borderline sealed his fate now because um, not only did he drop to three and eight, which is one game back of myself, Lennon, and Dennison, and only two of the three of those teams will make the playoffs, assuming that, you know what I mean, like two of the – there's two spots for the bottom half of the league. Right. And not only did he fall a game back, but he posted an extremely low score falling below um, kind of that – threshold that he needs to be in for total points yeah this is like the time of the year where you really have to start paying attention to your point totals um just because you know there's inevitably if you're on that kind of bubble there of the playoffs which for everyone that might not be in our league we do eight playoff spots in this specific league we i think there was a push last year to try and get it you know shave it down to six or something but um we kept it at eight so uh, inevitably, when you have eight, you're always going to have some kind of borderline teams that both have the same records, and point total is going to be a, a really important aspect of this. So, um, I mean, look, at the end of the day, like, I know there were some people that thought Kuhar's team was looking really good. I was a little bit more skeptical myself um, just because of more so, like, the inconsistency more than anything. I think there's certainly talent that he has on the team. Um, but, uh, you do have guys that are definitely up and down, you know, probably his best player is Mike Evans. And even with Mike Evans, um, he can be kind of up and down throughout the year, uh, especially in those divisional matchups. So he's in a bad spot. I've, I've never, I've said all year, haven't been a huge fan of that Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, uh, play that just kind of eat into each other's production. Um, when Hunter Henry's healthy and looking on the flip side, uh, Carl's team is in a decent spot. It's dangerous, um, but it's also very beatable as well. So yeah, we'll see what happens with him moving forward. Um, but I, I definitely have some concern, you know, he's got Michael Thomas, so that's a lock for, for, for points every single week. Um, I think they said Michael Thomas is trying to go off for 2000 yards this year. And, and receiving yeah and he's trying to beat uh, marvin harrison's receiving record too, catch right. record right because he's getting like 10 catches a game so in a full ppr you know michael thomas is going to produce but it's kind of the guys that he has after that um dj chark i mean all year has just been a huge surprise in fantasy um but some for some reason i just i don't know how much i'm 
I personally will feel good about playing him, especially once the playoffs come around. So he, in my opinion, I mean, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. And he has definitely shown people that he can compete. But um, I don't know if you can rely on DJ Chark to be putting up 20 to 30 point games, even in a full PPR on a weekly basis. Not on a weekly basis, but DJ Chark's been fantastic all year. He's been a revelation for fantasy football and for the Jaguars. He seems like a a, a clear-cut wide receiver one um, for that team, that guy that they're going to have for years to come lead them. Um, I think where Carl's issues lie going into quarterback. the quarterback are at quarterback and running back. Yeah. Um, his running backs are really subpar. Honestly, watching Melvin Gordon play since he's returned, he's trash. Melvin Gordon's not very good. Austin Eckler's uh, a lot better, in my opinion. I wouldn't say that. I mean, Austin Eckler, I think he has more fantasy value, but I think Melvin Gordon, he's still running the ball well. I think his yards per attempt are probably close to four yards per attempt as well, so I don't think it's been... But that's not good, you know? Um, it's decent. I mean, I, look, like, look, it's it's good when you're in a running back committee, um, and that's exactly the way the Chargers are handling that situation. Like we said, you know, we we mentioned from the from the get go, once Gordon came back, this would be a full blown committee, and that's exactly what it is. Um, so for what his role is, he's getting the most fantasy points, I think, out of what his his role is, and he's a good player in real life, um, but he's not. He's not the Melvin Gordon people knew from a few seasons ago. So, um, you know, the days of Melvin Gordon putting up 30-point games uh, consistently are, are certainly uh, over here. So on the flip side here, he also has Philip Rivers leading his quarterback committee. Yeah, and um, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, Rivers is done. It's really sad. He's He's – Fallen off a cliff just like Peyton Manning did, except Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl in his final year, and Rivers is not going to do that. Um, He's done. His arm is just complete noodle. I mean, it it sucks. Like so, like one play, he puts the ball on a on a on a dime, and then the next play, he's like ten yards off. It's it just he's he's really forcing the situation too. Like he's just. He's pressing hard to try and win. You can tell. Um, he's trying as hard as he possibly can, but it's like some plays his body is in agreement with what he wants to do, and then and then other plays he's just like way off, like five yards off, an easy interception for the defense. So it's it's bad. Um, you know, I, I you can't really expect more than fifteen fantasy points from Philip Rivers, and that just really doesn't get it done on a weekly basis from your QB one and in a two quarterback league where he has Stafford, who God only knows if he's going to even return this year, um, and Dwayne Haskins. He's got to be. Which, by the way, Dwayne Haskins he got the majority of his fantasy points on like the last two drives of the game yeah. against the Jets in garbage time. So. Um, that's 17.1 points that has is very misleading. He was holding on to about two and a half points for three and a half quarters there. So um, I would be very concerned because he just really has no quarterback depth whatsoever. Um, and we're approaching that point of the season where like, I mean, I don't even know what he would do if I guess he would have to throw Haskins in and only position players if something ever, if something happened to Philip Rivers here. So um, he's not in a great spot as far as that goes. And I don't know how much you can really rely on Tyrell Williams and Hunter Henry back-to-back here as well. So I, I think there's definitely reason for concern with Carl's team. It's scrappy, but um, I would temper expectations come the postseason. Absolutely. And on the, the flip side over there on Kuar's team, just to get back on that, that uh, Phillip Rivers negative train, um, man, he's killed Mike Williams this year. Yeah. He, Mike Williams is the opposite of what Philip Rivers is able to do. And that catch and was insane last. Did you see that insane. at the end of the game? Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, Mike Williams is so good at high-pointing the ball, and Philip Rivers can't get a ball downfield very easily. No. So, like, when, when a new quarterback comes in there that's able to throw, Mike Williams could really ball out. I'd be curious if they made a hard push for Cam Newton this offseason. I feel like the Bears are going to. 
I don't know. I think you got you got the Bears, you got the Broncos, you got the Chargers, and you got the Panthers, who potentially might even want to bring him back. So <laughs> I think he's done with the Panthers, though. I think just because there was that question mark and the way they kind of approached it by not fully committing to him, you know, I think that he's probably done with them, and he'll he'll likely get a better offer somewhere else. So. It's going to be interesting to see where Cam Newton goes here this offseason. Yeah, something else I've kind of been thinking about is what if the Jags traded Nick Foles? And since they have Minshew, who had his little run, we don't know if this dude's for real or not. But what if they – I mean, they could get a first-round pick, I think, from Nick Foles, and that'd be awesome to see. More just more quality quarterbacks, the better. In the NFL. I don't think you can get a first round pick for Nick Foles, though, just because of his contract because it's so expensive. Yeah, so I, I think that you kind of have to sell him off there. Um, I don't really see it happening. I think the Jags, I, I don't, I don't see the Jags doing it. Um, I think they might just try and hold on to Minshew for another year or so and see what happens with Foles and see if Foles can stay healthy. So that's probably the most conservative course of action and likely, in my opinion, what they'll do. Um, Interesting. Anyways, uh, how about we move on here? We'll look at um, – we can look at your matchup and Jack here. So, yes. I mean, you're like – again, you're lucky that this is an eight-team playoff because you're four and seven but vying for that – one of those last playoff spots here, which is – Kind of amazing that you might you might be able to make the playoffs with an under five hundred record, but um, how do you feel? No, nah, right what's what's amazing to me is I am four and seven, <laughs> and you're five, and you're eight and three, and I have far more points scored than you. Like that's just fantasy so football I'll, in a nutshell. I'll throw out a disclaimer here. Normally in this league, I get screwed by scoring a ton of points and having a bad record. So almost <laughs> every year that I've been in this league, it's been the opposite. And I just get completely screwed with who I play. This year, I've just had the easiest path. And I've lost, like, I lost a horrible game to Jack, like, a few weeks ago where he, like, didn't even play, like, three players. And then he just played, like, all – it was it was just like every bad thing that could happen happened, um, nasty. And so I've I've even had a couple horrible losses, and I've scored like the eighth most amount of points in the league as far as like total points goes across across the league here. But somehow I'm in like second place or third place right now. So. Um, you only, yeah, you only have more points than three teams. <laughs> I've gotten, I've gotten really lucky with my matchups. I've also had some really good plays, but then like, I think we'll talk about it when we look at my team. But the other weird thing is like, you look at my team and it's like, oh, well, all of these guys seem pretty darn good too. And it's like, why have I only scored that many points? But we'll take a look at it in a second. Um, going back to your team though, um, I mean. It, it, it's kind of like the same thing. Like you have some good talent, but then it's like, what's happening here? And in my opinion, you've got to go back to the trade that everyone, we talked about this a couple of times now, trade that you did, you gave away a ton of your depth and you went after a guy that then proceeded to miss like the next five weeks. I think that's been kind of the difference maker in your entire season so far. hundred percent. It it has destroyed my season because not only like did that happen, I lost trading Devon trading for Devontae Adams. I lost Diggs, who went off like f- at least three of the weeks that Devontae was out. Yeah. Eckler, who continues to go off. And then uh I mean Miko Hardman, I probably wouldn't have ended up using. But it's like then it's He's viable it, though. It's he's, a, a, he's a viable wide receiver three in a right. PPR. It, and then it's just a chain reaction because then, like, I gave up my running back depth, so I had to pick up these just scumbag running backs like Brian Hill and Ty Johnson, who have just been ass. <laughs> so, there, that's unbelievable. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's it's really knocked me good here. But I think that last week is kind of what I foresaw coming. Um, when I made this trade for Adams last week, I put up like 185 points 
because I finally had my entire team healthy yeah. for the first time all season. Yeah. So And Derrick Henry, you know, we saw last week again, he just continues to go off and, you yeah. know, prove to the rest of the league that, you know, <laughs> that's a good pick. And, you know, I know it's not like the sexiest name out there when it comes to fantasy football, but, I mean, the guy produces. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's fifth ranked running back right now. Fifth ranked running back, even in a full PPR. So, um, you know, just take note of that, people, that, you know, Derrick Henry is actually a good running back. And we, you know, for the record, said that before the season started. So, absolutely. I don't know who to keep next year Henry in the third or Chubb in the second. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's actually kind of challenging, especially with the emergence of Kareem Hunt here. Uh, I, well, Kareem's Hunt is, Kareem Hunt's deal is one year, correct? It is correct. He'll probably yeah. get a deal somewhere else, I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, wh- who could present itself some really great uh, keeper value for Jack next year? Yep. Um, I forget did where he drafted him. Did he draft him? He did. Okay. I think he drafted him relatively late, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was like the 12th or 13th round. Yeah, so um... – you know, that could be some great keeper value for next year. Um, and given, you know, his problems with, like, David Johnson, man, what is going on there? Like, yeah, he is just – he's not playing. Um, they're saying – he wasn't even on the injury report this week. So, apparently, he's healthy, according to the team. And well, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds have been better fantasy assets than David Johnson. So, what – do you do with David Johnson at this point? Is he a guy that you consider dropping? Like, nah. It's kind of getting to that point, though. Like, you you can't drop him just because you're giving him to an opponent who could potentially have this dynamite game. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to give a potential weapon to your opponent, but you don't want to start him. I mean, he's putting up zeros. <laughs> yeah. So, if anybody's to blame here, he's you got to blame the Cardinals. You got to blame that coaching staff because I don't know how they're not getting fined, but they're saying that he's active, like full practice participant. And then he's not hurt. And then he won't play. And then, yeah. And then the report came out today. Oh, he's not nearly fully healthy. Well, that's, that's not fair. Like they're not allowed to do that. I don't know how they're not getting fined. It's like one of those things where, I don't know. Like, you know, they, they, he wasn't on the injury report last week. Yep. Um, as of Wednesday, and he was a full participant for multiple practices, I believe. And now they're saying he might not be healthy. So it, it maybe it's like one of those situations, like Todd Gurley, where like you know he's he's um, like he can run, he's fine, but maybe he's developing arthritis in his knees or something, and it's something where he's just not as good anymore because of it. I don't know. Um, it's just probably one of the most bizarre situations I've seen from a player that, you know, at the beginning of the year was considered a top 10 overall fantasy pick. So yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, it is. I love David Johnson's story. I love where he comes from. Like, I love just everything about him. Good guy. Like there's nothing not to like about him. Right. Um, so it's, I don't think it's any kind of character issues in my opinion, um, unless there's like just something completely surprising that no one knows about, about him. But um, because, and the reason why I bring this up is because you look at Jack's team and James Connor, like who knows what the deal is with his health situation. Now he got knocked out at the beginning of that game. So he doesn't have Connor. He's got Gurley um, who has had a good game, but you can't really rely on him for like more than 15 points uh, every single week. So I don't know. I think Jack's kind of, it's going to be a challenging ride here for the rest of the year. I mean, Lamar is basically the, the glue that's holding his team together right now. hundred percent. Lamar is the fantasy football cheat code. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like the dude is just annihilating the league and he's, Every touchdown, it's like Mahomes last year, where every touchdown that scored on that team, Lamar's either running it in or throwing it in, but one in some way, shape, or form, Lamar's involved in every single touchdown, just racking up points. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, 
he's going to continue here, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, he's he's pretty much already deemed the MVP of the league for this year. I just am concerned about the rest of the rest of Jack's team here. Absolutely, Mark Andrews did almost all of his damage on one catch, so you can't really trust him. Um, Odell Beckham and Baker are not working out. Uh, Juju's a complete bust, and he's hurt. Um, Godwin is up and down. I mean, like what his receiving core, which looked like the strongest part of his team, and his running backs. I mean, I mean his entire team looked like the most stacked team, but it did. You know, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, you can have the names, but every once in a while the big names don't pan out. And I think that's basically the case here for Jack's team. So we'll see if they can catch fire here for the rest of the season. But definitely a lot to be concerned about with his team here. And you can't really do anything. Like, it doesn't really make sense to move these guys because at any given point any of these guys can turn it around and, and pick it up. So, if Yeah, I, absolutely. So I actually I think you're in a spot where you're 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 in my opinion in pretty much the same exact spot last year uh, as far as long term outlook goes. Like you put in Devontae Adams in that third spot, you have Derrick Henry, and your team's looking pretty golden right now, in my opinion. So I personally I hope that I don't have to match up against you uh, in the playoffs because. Um, because I think your team could be pretty dangerous here once once you get to the postseason. Yeah, that's my hope. This is one of those teams where you just – I've been just crossing my fingers. I make the playoffs all year because once all those guys are playing at the same time, my team is just as um, ferocious as anybody else's. So we'll see what happens. Ferocious. I like it. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on here. So we'll look at Nate and Tackett. And a rare loss here for Nate, the team that's been just dominant all year, loses to Tackett, who hasn't nearly had as dominant of a season, but certainly the most dominant fantasy player in Christian McCaffrey. So yep. just another 30-point game for Christian McCaffrey, another day in the office. Um but probably the, the best portion, you know, the, the most surprising and, you know, biggest asset that's really helped tack it here is John Brown. John Brown had 35, close to 35 fantasy points. Um, and he's been really a pretty reliable full PPR receiver here for his team. So, um, you know, and DeAndre Hopkins seems like he's starting to, you know, catch some fire here. So Tackett's in a decent spot. Uh, we'll see if T.Y. Hilton comes back. The surprising thing that Tackett did this week is he played Tevin Coleman over Mark Ingram. Which I honestly think I would have done the same thing based on how Mark Ingram has been. Um, but in another league where I had Mark Ingram, I had to play him in my flex just because I, I played him over guys like Crowder. And thank God, because it was one of those games where Ingram just goes off. See, my problem with this, though, like, and I wonder if Tackett will listen to this, but, like, they've got options in that San Francisco backfield. So, San Francisco, I mean, Tevin Coleman, the strength of the San Francisco's offense is to run the ball. Um, And Arizona has a bad defense. But on the flip side, you know, they're – any given game, Tevin Coleman can get vultured by Mostert or Brita or whoever else is in that backfield, um, you know, and they run all kinds of – this is an offense that runs gadget plays to guys like Debo Samuel and um, has a strong tight end uh, committee here. So, like, there's a number of different assets and options that they can go with and they can get creative. So, to me, it's like you go with Tevin Coleman who – you know, is in the mix with all these other players? Or do you go to the guy, Mark Ingram, where, you know, let's face it, Gus Edwards really isn't taking much from him. Justice Justice Hill is a complete non-factor. And you have the MVP quarterback in the same backfield. In my personal opinion, it's Mark Ingram every single week, and you have to ride him out. So... I personally, I was pretty shocked with this move. I guess that's not the, the general consensus, but just to me, honestly, 
Uh, it was it was a questionable move. Regardless, he still had three guys that put up 30-point games, so he went just fine at about a cool 175. Yeah, Nate's receivers really let him down this week. Um, what is this, a combined 15 points from his receivers, 16 points from Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, and Al Robinson together. Just a product of bad matchups, really. Um, moving forward, he's going to be just fine. Uh, I don't know about that. See, I think Amari Cooper is just going to be just fine, but I certainly have some concern for guys like Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson. Neither of these guys are in a situation that's ideal just because of what's going on with their quarterbacks. You have Stafford, who's, you know, again, we don't know when he's coming back. Um you can't really rely on Jeff Driscoll just to, you know, put up gaudy numbers with Kenny Galladay on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, he might hit him here or there like he did last week. But Allen Robinson, you know, we saw it against the Rams here. Um, you know, it, he's a good player. But, again, Mitchell Trubisky has just been so, so bad this year. So, um, it, you know, I, I could see certainly some slower games like this week with Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson. And that might not be the best recipe for success, you know, especially once we go into the postseason here. Allen Robinson has been a target monster he all year. He has. He has. But, you know, teams are keying in on that now. You know, teams know that if they take Allen Robinson away from Trubisky, it's going to put Trubisky in uncomfortable situations. So it's going to force him to try and go after Taylor Gabriel, who is a good player. But again, Trubisky is just not really that accurate of a quarterback. He is. In my personal opinion, he's a guy that is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's a decent backup at best. Yeah, agree with that. I agree that Trubisky is a complete bust. Uh, sucks to be a, a Bears fan because they gave up a lot for him. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I'm, – I'm trying to look at Kenny Galladay's season numbers here. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's tough for me to, to bench Kenny Galladay or even have low expectations for him. I think the dude just stuck. Like my, my thing is, like again, these two guys, you can't bench. You have to ride it out with them. I mean, these are the guys that got you to where you're at. Um, they're talented enough, but I just don't know if you can rely on them in a week-to-week basis. And when you have games where both of them put up single puts up single digits, it's going to be tough to win. So, Yeah, I mean – from that standpoint, I understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, you can't really bench him. So, and I don't, I don't think you can really rely on Josh Allen to put up 34 point games every single week either. His um, rushing ability is insane, though. It keeps his floor it so is, high. But like, I mean, let's just remember he played against the Dolphins this week. So, um, let's temper our, you know, easy on the anointment here. Temper our expectations a little bit. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get 33 point games out of Josh Allen on a week to week basis as well. Yeah, you're gonna get it every once every four weeks, but um, you know, it's more like 20 point games from him. And you know, personally, I, I I even feel a little bit more comfortable about Winston than Josh Allen as far as who's gonna put up more fantasy points over these next couple weeks here. I agree with that. Winston has to throw the ball a lot. Um... When he's not throwing four interceptions, he's usually doing all right. Um, I think the key is just take O.J. Howard out of the offense entirely. He sucks. That's what they did this week. Um, Yeah, did you see him get pulled from the game after he basically handed the ball to the other team? And quite honestly, it was probably one of the worst. I mean, that was just – I've never really been a fan of O.J. Howard. Um, I still couldn't believe whoever took him in our league took him that early. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's just not he's just not um, star, like star caliber mater- material here So, right right I think the real question for Nate's team is does he trade Darren Waller or George Kittle before the trade deadline <sighs> I don't know I'm going to vote yes um, I don't know I don't know I know he's he's kind of enjoyed being able to play them both at, as well. Um, I think it's going to come down to what this, the health situation is here with George Kittle. 
Yep, that makes sense. Or maybe that's the guy he tries to move, tries to get somebody to gamble on Kittle's Well, health. I think I think especially because of his health, that I don't see him moving Waller, especially because his team name is the Walleress. So um, <laughs> I think he's pretty committed to Darren Waller. And with George Kittle hurt, um, you know, maybe he tries to move him or someone tries to get him for real cheap. I think you just really have to research or look into his health situation before you would make a move for him to one. And on Nate's end, it's the same thing where it's like, you really should research his health situation because if he comes back, you know, maybe Nate would even just consider playing both of them at the same time. So um, we'll, see. we'll see what happens with that. Nate's always the guy though, that he picked, he goes after these guys with maybe some high potential, but hasn't shown anything yet. So like we saw him, grab Jay Ajayi here so we'll see what happens <laughs> with that um he's also got guys uh on his bench so he's got some decent depth here as far as certain kinds of players goes but um yeah I would say McLaurin is probably really his only and kill are his two real pieces of depth that he can kind of potentially move and or, or use um you know, depending on the matchup. So um, let's go ahead and move on here. We'll look at Jimmy and Dennison. So Dennison's in the same situation as you. Um, I would say this. I don't think – I think um, Dennison doesn't have the upside that your team has uh, as far as the playoffs goes. So if someone gets Dennison in the playoffs, um, you know, that's, that's kind of that breeze matchup. So – um, in my opinion, just because, I mean, he has Mahomes and Kelsey who can, who always can ha- have that potential for a blow up game, but he just doesn't have like anything else besides that. Uh, I mean, Aaron yeah. Jones, Aaron Jones is one other player who was on a bye this, uh, past week, but, um, in Carson, Carson as well in a full PPR, he's not as exciting. Um, although he is getting the catches and he's getting that workload, like, we said at the very beginning and Rashad Penny has had like five carries. So um, not to, uh, not to, you know, kind of just call out Andres more there on that, that <laughs> take, but, um, but uh, you know, I mean, I think Aaron Jones is probably the better fantasy asset than Chris Carson. Um, his receivers are just like, Dog I don't shit. know, like one, one of, <laughs> One of those three receivers will go off every single week, um, but the other two will probably do nothing. So it's like you're going to get one upside game out of them. I mean, it'd be like a miracle if Dennison somehow made some noise in the playoffs, to be honest. Yeah, so Dennison and I play this week, and it'll be a very pivotal matchup for the both of us because whoever of us loses – um, our playoff hopes are very contingent then on Lennon and if Lennon can win a game over the next two. So, do you think DD Westbrook has upside here? It, I'd have to see who the Jags are playing this week, but like, I think DJ Chark's that guy, not DD. Like, I just don't think so. He's going to play the Titans this week, so certainly nothing special here. No, um, there's yeah, it's very that's that's like a that's like a what middle of the pack pass defense. I I don't really think there's anything we can garner from that to make I, him a great player. I, I think he, um, I, if I want to say off the top of my head, I forget how the how the Jags line up, and I forget how the Titans line up, but I'm. Just kind of going on a limb here. I think he might get matched up with Malcolm Butler, who hasn't been as good uh, ever since he left New England. I think Malcolm broke his hand a few weeks ago. I think his season – Oh, really? He broke his wrist. I think his season's done. Well, then that would be even worse. Um, and I would imagine – what I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what's going on with the Dory Jackson, but um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say D.D. Westbrook has a good game this week. Well – I'm hoping that doesn't happen, (laughs) that it's DJ Chark that goes off, but uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be Westbrook. Now, on the flip side, I think that both the Samuels, Curtis, and Debo don't really do much this week. So I think that's what's going to happen is you're going to get DD who has a good week. And when I say DD having a good week, like in a full PPR, like 16 points, 17 points, um, 
and Samuel and Debo with like eight apiece, which isn't anything great in a full PPR. So, um, although Debo has been playing very well, even though sometimes the point totals don't um, don't decipher that. So, well, I guess we'll see with that. Um, I just uh, in looking at Denison's team, though, it just is not a team that I, I see really doing a whole lot. Like I can see how things could come together. I just for some reason I don't really expect that. So, yeah, it's it's going to be tough sledding for him moving forward. Um, on the flip side here, we got Jimmy who is locked into a playoff spot. He's middle of the pack, looking like he's going to get to be in that like four or five seed matchup going on. Um, and, and the emergence of Devontae Parker has had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Devontae Parker. I mean, it's, it's kind of like one of those things where he's just like, it's, it's just like, there's no other option to go (laughs) at this point. Like all he's healthy for once, all the receivers got hurt. He's the only healthy one. They're always playing from behind. So he's just, it's automatic. Like he's going to get just volume um at the very least every single week so yeah he's been great and then like Keenan Allen and Julian Edelman are always going to produce in a full PPR Kyler Murray is a top five fantasy quarterback um and he has just shown improvement every single week and uh he had a huge game out of Jeff Driscoll I don't expect those numbers to be put up by Driscoll on a week-to-week basis but um, if he can nail that OP spot every single week and just have someone, which he'll have Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett back, um, Jimmy's team is certainly scary here. Yeah, I mean, this week the Cardinals are on bye, so he won't have Murray. But in the playoffs, he's going to have Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. That is right. pretty terrifying. That's very terrifying. Like, you got to feel good when those are your two quarterbacks. They both have that running ability, like – you know, like you can feel good about like a good 50 points out of the combination of those two every single week. Um, yeah, you got to feel bad for Andres, man. He traded Kyler Murray and uh, he traded who? Murray and Edelman for um, Marlon Mack and Cortland Sutton. I thought that was a really good move for Andres needing a running back. And then there goes Mack. <laughs> Mack gets hurt. He's done. And. Yeah, um, it's just it just goes to show like how valuable quarterbacks are in this league. And yep. when you have two elite quarterbacks, like you're just in such such a good spot moving forward. Um, and Jimmy, you know, Lock got it got it spot on here by grabbing Tyler Lockett as well. So he's in a good spot. I mean, I guess the one problem with his team is if Carlos Hyde fell off a cliff, but like Carlos Hyde's just going to get, he's going to get work um, at the very least. And that RB two spot doesn't really mean as much in a league like this when you can make up for it with two elite quarterbacks. So, you know, Carlos Hyde, even he puts, even if he puts up a dud, he's got Zeke Elliott to offset it. His, his receivers are stacked. He's got a good tight end. um, And he's got two really good fantasy quarterbacks. So, Jimmy's in a pretty good spot here. Yeah, absolutely. So, on. Um, and we can look at Andres and Caleb here. Yep, where this is, I mean, this goes right back to that trade. Stephon Diggs and Austin Eckler saved Caleb's season. Yeah, I mean, like, for what it's worth, yeah, like now he's four and eight. Um, Three so and eight, like- yep. Yeah, I guess he has a fighting chance for a playoff spot, right? Yeah, um, he, he's definitely in the thick of it. He's there, but like he has to, things really have to kind of break his way for him to squeak in. Um, because if he didn't have Eckler and Diggs, like his team would be absolute, absolute nothing. Like he would just have no one. Um, you know, especially with Devonte, like I don't. Caleb might have been winless if he didn't make that move with you. It's very possible. Yeah, um, I can't remember if he won a game or not when he made that move with you, but um, he he would have <laughs> been in a really bad spot. So this gave him some depth and it gave him a fighting chance, and he squeaked out a close one here by five points with Andres. And then again on the flip side, we look at Andres' team. 
he's eliminated. He's not going anywhere. His team's horrible. Um, you know, Marlon <laughs> Mack to add, you know, insult to injury is out for the rest of the year. Um, and there's just nothing great about his team whatsoever. Um, so I don't even think we have to talk about it. <laughs> I, I like that he really tried to shake it up and make a lot of moves. He I had really, to do something I, aggressive. I agree I, with that. I respect it. He really got aggressive and did a lot of crazy shit to try to keep his team alive. And, and I thought none of it worked out. <laughs> I know. Like, I really thought something would hit for him. And it all ended up backfiring. It all ended up looking as bad as it was when he made the move. So, um, I guess he's got a good defense. Um, he's gotten some good points out of his defense and kickers throughout the year. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean... When you look at his team, though, like if these guys were healthy, I mean, Sonny Michelle sucks. But if he had Mac and his receivers, Tyler Boyd, man. Well, Sonny, Sonny Michelle doesn't suck. He's just he's a good player in sucks. real life. He just sucks when it comes to full PPR fantasy for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tyler Boyd, though, man, talk about falling off a cliff. Top five receiver halfway through the year, and then all this. I was surprised that he did that well when we started the season. Like. Agreed. I was, it was kind of blowing my mind that he was that good. So, and he did um, it so consistently that, like, I bought in to like the fact that he's just good. And then before we know it, he bottomed out. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Bengals. Like, you can't. You just, you know, rule of thumb is just don't invest in Cincinnati Bengals in fantasy. Like, it's just not a good idea. It hasn't been a good idea for since fantasy football was a thing, like seriously, since the nineties, like when, you know, I guess AJ green, you know, when AJ green was healthy, he was a good fantasy asset and Chad Ochocinco and TJ Husmanzada. But those are three guys in the span of like 30 years that you could really rely on. So, yeah. Um, it's just better to stay away. Yeah. So looking at, um, Baker Mayfield on Andres' team reminded me of the whole Steelers and Browns situation. Yeah. Yeah, that Boy. was um that was really just crazy what happened at the end of that game. I mean, it's just, you know, obviously Miles Garrett completely lost it. Like, you know, and I'm an unbiased fan. Like, I don't have any pull for the Browns or the Steelers. Like, you can't rip a guy's helmet off and then proceed to hit him in the head with it like especially with how hard he did it like yeah um i get it like mason rudolph he definitely like antagonized him for sure like there was there was certainly some back and forth but it it would have been different if miles garrett was just like on top of him like getting in his face and like when he tried to grab his helmet like he like maybe like swung at him or something like even that wouldn't have been nearly as bad as ripping off his helmet and smacking him upside the head with him. Like he could have like yep. literally killed him. Like, he literally, literally could have killed him. Um, so, I mean, he's out for the rest of the season. I think he's like appealing it or something. I don't think he's going to win that appeal for sure. Um, Definitely not. That That's the funny part too, is the people that he's appealing to are less likely to want him to play than the actual NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The player's safety, like, <laughs> it's so comical. It is. Like, um, you know, I would say this, though, like, Kareem Hunt got suspended, what, eight games for beating a woman? So, I wouldn't be surprised if he was out for the rest of this year, but somehow they allowed him to start at the beginning. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm just saying he could potentially be back week one next season, so... Yeah, I think it's tough to tell. I think it's either he's – I don't really know what they're going to do. He's definitely out the rest of this year. But, I mean, it's tough because, I mean, that game was prime time. It was on Good Morning America, that fight. Like, Oh, yeah. It, it was national news. It wasn't what football he did. news, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's a really bad look for the NFL. And they're going to want to hide Miles Garrett for as long as possible so more people forget what happened. He's going to – I mean, look, man, like a month from now, no one's going to be talking about it anymore. And he's going to be out for the rest of the season. To be honest, like I wouldn't be surprised if he was back week one. Like um, maybe paid like a really hefty fine. I also wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't back week one. But um, yeah. 
but again, just because again it was so apparent and because it was on prime time and everyone saw it, but um, at the end of the day, it was on. The, it was something that was on the field. Um, he wasn't beating a woman, so um, I, I think it, he just kind of got lucky that you know Mason Rudolph wasn't as hurt as he could have been. So exactly, if he would have gotten hurt, or if it was more serious. Um, you know, there would have been heavier backlash as well, of course. So, yeah, yeah, we're lucky that it came down to a what if this happened situation rather than holy shit, I can't believe he, you know, did this to and this is what happened. Like, exactly, imagine if Mason Rudolph would have been like paralyzed, like how devastating that would be. Um, yeah, for both of them, for I mean, Miles Garrett would never forget that his career would be over and like from a personal standpoint, you would never forget paralyzing somebody. And then Rudolph, I mean, he'd get fucking paralyzed. Like yeah. there's not much worse than that. Yeah. So yeah. thank God that didn't happen. Right. Exactly. Um, so we'll move on. Um, and you got your look at my matchup. So like, this was really disappointing for me because Deshaun Watson, first of all, put up a huge dud. Um, like, come on, man, you couldn't score more than 10. You've scored four fantasy God. points. Like give me 10. Um, and then Tyreek Hill, of course, last night, um, wow. just pulls, wow. pulls his hamstring at the very beginning of the game. And, you know, like all of my receivers were great options this week. And of course, the one receiver that I left on the bench was outscored everyone. And Calvin Ridley had 28 points where DJ Moore only had 17 and a half and Crowder at 18.6, like, which aren't bad games. Not at all. Um, and I would have won this. I, like, I lost by, like, six points. So I would have won this matchup if Tyreek Hill would have played, basically. Um, but I just got really unlucky, in my opinion. So, Yeah, I was severely disappointed as well. I really needed Lenny to lose here, and I thought he had it in the bag. <laughs> yeah, and... big problem for all of you guys now. <laughs> yeah, it, it created this huge issue because instead of Dennison and I were feeling like – a near lock and then that that put Lennon right in the thick of it so like Tyreek Hill pulling his hamstring affected like half of our league so it's pretty crazy <laughs> um like thank you Tyreek Hill for playing like it's almost like if he didn't play in Mexico because of like the altitude and stuff he wouldn't have pulled his hamstring like it's weird terrible that conditions <laughs> yeah like just because he didn't like stretch appropriately whatever it might have been but like like shit man like and it doesn't even bother me like moving forward because I have I have great wide receiver depth like totally good just like running with the other receivers that I have as well with Ridley and like I have walk-ins like that's why I've held on to walk-ins because if Hill got hurt you know he can potentially hold it hold the fort down even though he didn't really do much in the game last night um so I'm really not like concerned about my I feel like I've some pretty nice depth. I just need my team to get a little bit more healthy here. So for sure, for sure. I think you're sitting pretty. Um, on the other side here, we got Lennon making that playoff push. Um, he's run into that poor quarterback situation, man, with Jared Goff just playing like ass. And even when Rogers is healthy, you don't know if the Packers are going to throw the ball 45 times or if they're going to throw the ball 18 times, like they're, they're so up and down. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable with Goff, and it's like, you have no idea what at these days, what Cooper cup is going to do. Like, yep. He could like literally put up 45 points. He could put up zero. And that's like, that's what's happened the last two weeks going back last week. And then the week prior to that. So it's like, you have to play him. Mohamed Sanu, you don't you have no idea what's gonna happen with him because he plays for New England. Um, but Michael Gallup has turned it on. So you you gotta feel good about Michael Gallup moving forward. I don't know what he's I mean, Jason Witten and Kyle Rudolph, he's playing them. He played them, and that actually didn't turn out horrible. <laughs> um I mean, I guess just because he was he had some bye weeks and stuff, like he's gonna play Aaron Rodgers moving forward. I guess. I mean, he's still holding Colton McCoy on his team, so he still has Joku too. I don't understand those. 
so like he's just he's like half-assing it right now um so i don't know like yeah he's right there with you guys but he's got to get pretty lucky um in my opinion i think i think even denison's in a better spot than lennon so yeah and i think yeah, there's a better spot than both of them so i hope fingers crossed so how about this? We'll um we'll go into previews real quick and maybe we'll just be quicker in the previews. We'll just kind of look at the record, um, and see who say who we think's gonna win, point out some matchups, and then we'll just look at the, the playoff bracket real quick. Um so I have Kuar this week. I don't even think we need to go too much into this matchup, but nah. um I think I can beat Kuhar this week. I hope I can beat Kuhar this week. Um, he does he does have Saquon um, he does have Fournette so like his team is and he does have Mike Evans Robert Woods I don't know what the deal is with him but I think I can probably squeak it out here um, if he continues to play Mitch Trubisky so absolutely Trubisky is uh, yeah Trubisky might not even play this week so we'll see (laughs) And then, um, so this is one of the biggest matchups, Carl and Jack. So seven and four versus eight and three. This is a huge matchup. So just because this really has seeding implications. Um, I look at Jack's team, like, I don't know if James Conner or Juju is going to play against Cincinnati. We'll see. Maybe Juju plays, but I don't think James Conner is going to play. I don't think either play, in all honesty. So, I mean, if that happens, um, he does have Jalen Samuel. Who knows about AJ Green? Like, he just keeps getting ruled out. Um, Brandon Cooks, like, I don't even if he was healthy, I don't know how good I feel about him with with the way golf's playing. I think you gotta, you you know, it might not be worth, or it might be worth just messing around with Kareem Hunt here. This might be finally the spot where he plays Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, I would. Against Miami, um, from a Brown for Browns fans, I am not one. But from that perspective, you got to hope they're beating the crap out of the Dolphins. So you got to hope that Cream Hunt gets some work. I think. I think the biggest decision is so you have Cream Hunt and you have Jalen Samuels. So if James Conner gets ruled out, which I think he will. Um, Jalen Samuels becomes a fantasy like there's fantasy value there. Yep. How much value is that? Would you play him over Carson Wentz against the Seahawks this week? Because Carson Wentz has not been a great fantasy quarterback. He is not, but I feel like that game could be a shootout. So I, I would want a piece of that. Honestly, I would play Kareem Hunt over Todd Gurley. You would play Kareem Hunt over Todd Gurley? I would do Kareem Hunt and Jalen Samuels instead of Todd Gurley and James Conner if Conner's ruled out. I don't mind that. Um, I just like when I think about like Todd Gurley, like he, they're like their backs are against the wall. Um, so like the way I look at it, it's like one of those things where I think you saw it in the game the other night. They really didn't hold back with Todd Gurley, like they have. No, done. they didn't. Um, yeah. I think they have to continue working him. And I just look back at that Nick Chubb against the Ravens game earlier this year. Like, for some reason, it just feels like a smash spot to me with Todd Gurley. So, we'll see. I mean, that, that that's a intriguing play, but I also wouldn't mind just playing three running backs and not playing Carson Wentz. I could – that would make sense to me as well. I don't know. I like Wentz matchup, though. Um, then looking at the other side here, Carl <laughs> has to use Dwayne Haskins – because Stafford's out with his back injury and Philip Rivers is on bye. Yeah. So that is already a horrible start. Then you factor in he's got Philip Lindsay against Buffalo and Tariq Cohn against the Giants. And Carl's looking like a pretty uh pretty heavy loss here. Yeah. Um how did Julio do last week? Julio had like ten points. So, so, like, James Bradbury has been a great corner for the Panthers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just em- – the Panthers just emphasized keeping Michael Thomas out of the game. So, I think Good luck. for that, I, I, think, 
I think that's kind of – I don't think he does get taken out of the game. I just think he gets limited versus what he normally does. Like, it could be like a 15-point game from him versus a 30. So, right um, for that, I think I think Jack wins this game. So Yeah, and I could see Michael Thomas. Quarterback situation, so. Right. Michael Thomas, eight catches, 70 yards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that seems realistic. Um, um, how about we move on? I mean, Nate and Lennon. So this is a big game, obviously, because of the issues um, with you guys. But, I mean, luckily you have Lennon running into Nate here. Nate um, is full strength. It looks like he's going to – currently he has Kittle and Overwaller. And he's benching Kenny Galladay for McLaurin. So um, – Interesting choice. So he's actually – that's like almost exactly in line with what I was talking about earlier where, I mean, if Kittle's healthy, you probably want to play him. And McLaurin is a guy that, you know, you have to consider over one of Allen Robinson or Galladay depending on the matchup. So I don't mind it. Now, I think that Galladay could still beat anyone. Um, so it's kind of scary benching him against Washington. Yep. Um but maybe he thinks that Josh Norman can try and shut down Kenny Galladay. So, uh, but I, in my personal opinion, um, I, I would bank on Kenny Galladay um, having a better game than McLaurin, just because I like Galladay over Norman versus McLaurin over Slay. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he should play Kenny Galladay for sure. But looking at the other side of things, Lennon has to use both Eagles running backs this week and the, the Vikings offense is on by, which is half of his team. <laughs> so um, he is in a really, really bad spot here. Yeah. He's um, it's like, it's like he almost has to like hope that Carson Wentz doesn't do well, but the Eagles offense does and just like runs the ball and keeps Seattle off the field. Like yep. he has to hope that's their game plan because that's the only way um, that he wins this matchup, in my opinion. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Nate here and say that Lennon, Lennon loses this matchup. Absolutely. Look so at your matchup here. Yeah, let's go for it. So Dennison and I in a huge matchup this week. Fortunate for me, the Chiefs are on bye, so he's gonna be missing Kelsey and Mahomes. Wow. That's huge. Yep. And my entire team is um, in play this week for the first time all season. And he doesn't have a third quarterback. He does not. So he's going to have to go to the waiver wire um, I think where there plays, is none. I think he probably plays Darius Slayton, actually. I think Maybe. He, I think he has to consider Darius Slayton. Um, Shepard will be back this week. What's that? Shepard is back this week. And so. what about Emmanuel Sanders? He'll probably have to use, yeah, Manny Sanders maybe. So maybe he does, although Green Bay's corners have looked better this year. Which would, um, and, and that would put him at having Debo and Emmanuel Sanders. And does he have a backup tight end? He does not. So I'm going to go with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think your team is full strength. Like you're in a good spot. Um, Chubb against Miami. Julio against Tampa, Jarvis Landry against Miami, Devontae Adams, even though he's against San Francisco, he's gonna get his he's gonna get his share. Um I'm going with your team for this matchup here. Fingers crossed, my team can pull off the victory. So how about we look at Jimmy and Caleb and uh, just looking at this matchup here, I think I'm gonna have to go with Jimmy. Yep. Um he's got Russell Wilson back. He doesn't have Kyler Murray, but he's got Driscoll against Washington, so Driscoll might be able to pull out another productive week. Um, yeah, he's got some guys on by, but it doesn't really bother me too much considering Caleb has Eklar on by. And Diggs. And Diggs. So um, for that, I'm going to go with Jimmy in this matchup. So I don't. I think that you and – I think that Dennison – so you're in the seventh spot. Well, how, how about – We'll look at – I think we've looked at all the games, right? So uh, – We have Andres and Tackett, which – Oh, where is it, that? Um, that – yeah, bottom left here. 
Andres and Tackett. Okay. So seven and four versus two and nine. I mean, we don't have to spend that much time on this game. Like, I think, yeah, we don't really need to spend any. Andres is mathematically eliminated. Yeah. Sorry, Andres. And I think Tackett um, probably wins anyway. So, yep, for sure. All right. So let's look at the playoff bracket real quick. And I'm on the computer here. So it's a little bit of a different spot. Let's pull it up. So currently, they would have Nate is the one seed versus Lennon is the eight, followed by Jimmy is the five versus Tackett is the four. And then you got in the bottom half, Jack is the two versus me is the seven. And then you have yourself as the three versus Carl is the six. So I, I personally, I think what's going to happen here is the three and the six seed will stay the same. Um, actually, no, I think I might actually become the four seed when it's all said and done. Um, really? Well, it depends. I mean, I think it's, if I drop one of these two games, these upcoming weeks here, um, and I don't know who I play the next week, but Tackett has me in points. So if I, if I drop one of these two games, Tackett could catch theoretically catch up to me. And if he has the same record as me he would then therefore jump me and same actually with Jimmy as well. And yeah. And Carl. So I, and Carl. So I, I think, I mean, I could go down to as far as the six seed, um, but it doesn't matter to me because I'm either playing like I, I personally would out of those teams, I would want to play Carl for sure. Um, yeah. But if I drop, there's a chance I could still play Carl in that four or five spot as well. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You four, I feel like are almost a lock to play each other. Possibly. Well, it's going to be of those four teams. We're all going to play each other in my opinion. Um, and then you have Nate who will likely play Denison and you have Jack who will likely play you. That's that's kind of the way I see it. I mean, now this is all just speculating on who we think is going to win in these next couple weeks. Right. Um, but if I was Jack, I'd be concerned playing you in the first round. Um, if I were Jack, I'd be okay with the loss this week to Carl because, honestly, yeah, if I were him, I don't think I'd want to be in in that number two spot. And if you if you you and Jack play each other and you somehow beat Jack, like, you would rather play me or Carl than be on that other side of the bracket there. Yeah. So, you would be, if, if everything looked the way it does right now, um, with the exception of maybe Dennison beating out Lennon for that eighth spot, um, you, you actually would have a decent path here. Um, <laughs> Finger, fingers crossed. So like, I mean, I mean, it might be... 2.0 from last year and, and you having a shot at making another run. Um, but I think that if I could win my first matchup and I am in that three or six spot, um, I think my team could beat you. So, um, but I, I think like ideally out of those four teams in the middle, like Carl is the team you want to play between for sure between Jimmy Tackett, and me and Carl. Um, I don't want to play Jimmy or Tackett in the first round. Not at all. Carl's team has some severe weaknesses right there. So um, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's this is looking like a really exciting um, playoff bracket here for this year. Um, this has been a fun year. So it's been really fun. Um, we'll see if we do it for money again next year. If we do it for money, maybe it's less. That was a huge jump. We doubled the entry po- uh, price point there. So um I could see us definitely scaling it back or even doing it for close to free. Um, I wouldn't mind continuing to do it for money. Just, I think a hundred dollars is kind of steep for the style of this league here. Yeah. Maybe go back to 50. I think like a hundred dollars for our triple flex league, which has also been a really fun league that we've been doing. um, That would make more sense because it's just more like straight up, like free agent pickups and like plays off the waiver wire and, you know, it's a little less luck, I would say. Um, so that's been a that's I mean that's been a fun league as well. Um, and you 
Carl, Jack, Dennison. Actually, no, Carl's not in it, but Nate's in it. Um, so that's been a fun. Movie. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy as well. So like that. That I feel like that's actually. I would actually want to put more money in a league like that than, um, than than this the style of this one here. But yeah, I I hope that we can come to an agreement on how to adjust after this year. I don't want to do it for free, but I think going back to fifty makes a lot more sense. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a fun year. Um, when it's all said and done, it's gonna be a hell of a playoff push. I th- hell of a playoff setup i think for a lot of these teams and a lot of these matchups yep i agree so we'll see what happens um with that i think we can probably wrap things up anything else we want to add before we hop off no just uh things could look a lot different next week when we talk about the playoffs so uh it'll be interesting to keep track of and and good luck to you this week i appreciate it oh by the way um that vikings cowboys game was insane so um (laughs) I didn't get a chance to say it on here the last episode, but last week, one of the reasons why we missed the pod last week was I actually got to go to Dallas and be at the Vikings Cowboys game. See old Kirky. Got to see, see him light it up in AT&T stadium. Um, Digs balled out like Kyle Rudolph had an insane catch right in front of us. Um, so that was a sick game, but that's dope. Um, you got to go to that. That's awesome. Oh, Vikings offense was, firing on all cylinders. It was just, it was glorious. And like, I think all of my fantasy teams won that week. So um, it's really been a great year for me for fantasy. So I'm hoping that I can knock down a couple championships because I have two eight and three teams and another like seven and four teams. So um hoping, hope, fingers crossed, hoping for a couple more uh, championships on the, on the resume here. So. There you go. Yeah, John has actually been my worst league. Um, Same. I mean, I've only been it for three years, but I haven't won it yet. So, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what happens with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, good talking, you, man, and appreciate everyone listening out there. Signing off here for the Fantasy Football Bros once again. We will see you guys next week. Have a good one.